This podcast features strong language, adult themes, and violence, and is not recommended for younger listeners. Enjoy! Welcome, my darling, to episode 7 of The Blood Crow Stories. I'm so glad you've joined us. You seem distracted. Are you worried for Max? You do have every right to be, but I will ask you to keep calm. It interrupts the tests. Okay. I shouldn't even be recording this right now. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day and I have a lot of planning to do. Probably the only downside of this holiday. Well, not downside like that. I mean, you know what I mean. I've still got to go get gifts and I haven't had time to plan or or get gifts or, or plan anything. I've just been so focused on the podcast and my thesis that the day just really crept up on me, and I'm I'm grateful they don't listen to the podcast so they can't hear me talking about how I forgot an important day. At least it's not our anniversary, right? That's the silver lining, I guess. So unfortunately, I can't actually sort through anything to make a good episode for you guys. I really need to get to the store and rush and you know get some things together like I actually planned it ahead of time. So I'm really sorry, but uh, hey, I I found all these tapes I could uh, that are labeled February 14th, so hopefully this will be a nice, light-hearted Valentine's Day episode. I mean, I I think after last time, that would be nice. The labeling has gotten really out of whack. I'm pretty sure Scott and Ellie sort of just rushed the tapes to me since I sort of freaked out on them. I haven't found any Nora tapes either. And I can't focus on that right now. Okay, here's the tapes, and I'll see you guys next time. I'm organizing my clothing tonight for the special Valentine's Day dinner. I can't find a single dress I like. Normally, I would just go down to the seamstress and get something new. Some gorgeous blue satin gown with maybe some white embroidery and a beautiful feather pattern. Oh, I don't know, just something new and lovely. I've worn the same six dresses to every formal function on here, and I just feel ugly. I know that sounds silly, but fancy new dresses just always make me feel so elegant. I just wish I could feel that, I just wish I could feel that on a special day. But I guess this is my choice. The only thing I can do otherwise is borrow a dress from another one of the wives, and well, I am not doing that. I am far better than some second-hand dress. Fiona, what are you yelling about in there? Nothing. I'm just a little stressed out is all. It's the dress, isn't it? You always did insist on having your new dresses for every little thing. Darling, you're going to be beautiful. No matter what, these people see us every day. We already impressed them. Simply wear your favorite and remind them how perfect we are. Are you sure? Of course. Just pick one. I have Muriel coming by later to help me with my hair and makeup. So you're going to have to find something else to do for a while. Kicking me out of my own room? <laughs> Very well. I'll take my suit to Rogers. He said he wanted us to go talk to a friend of his as well. Oh, the one separated from his wife? Yes. That must be so horrible, getting separated while on a boat. I mean, you can't get away from them. Well, I think they're going to try and patch it up tonight. 
Apparently they're taking time apart, and then they're going to meet up at dinner tonight. I guess they'll see if they can rekindle the romance. Let's hope that works. Men have to learn they need big romantic gestures to heal a lady's heart. Was that a remark on me? <laughs> Never. <laughs> now go get your suit. I'll see you later. I've got a couple things to finish before dinner. More painting. I just want to get to a good stopping point. They've been doing all that dreadful construction, and I had no time to go down there. I can't believe you're still even working on it, honestly. It's about being professional. When we reach land again, I'd like to be able to sell more in the gallery. This is the biggest painting I've ever done. If this goes well, I could be the next Michelangelo. Well, you do happen to do your best work on your back. Petey! <laughs> That's absolutely filthy! Oh, come on. Get a sense of humor, darling. All right, I'm heading over to Rogers. I'll see you at dinner. Love you, darling. Love you too, Petey. I really would much rather paint than put on an old dress and force enjoyment of dinner. But I guess it will be nice to be out of it. Hello, Mrs. Rutherford. Uh, to what do I owe the, uh, surprise? It's this stupid day. I don't know how to deal you with You are understandably missing your husband. Of course I'm missing him. It feels like it's been a lifetime. And now everyone is walking around on this day with their loved ones, and I'm alone. Do you know of any other people that may be spending this day alone? All I've got is Edith. That's worse than being alone. Well, Mrs. Rutherford, what is it you would like for me to do? Make me feel better. Isn't that your job? I'm doing these stupid tapes. The least you could do is help me. I don't want to miss him. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to feel so mad at him. Mad? Yes, mad. We've been together forever, and we were supposed to stay together forever. He was supposed to come with me. But he just insisted on staying, just in case the army needs him. The army was never going to call for him. He had to know that. So then what happened? Why? Why didn't he come with me? Why would he choose to leave me? You feel as though he left you? Of course I do. What else would you call it? Uh, Mrs. Rutherford, your husband is a military man, yes? Hmm? Uh, many soldiers never truly retire from their service. They feel the sense of duty to their country, and in times of war, even the longest retired soldier can feel that call. Oh, shut up. You're supposed to help me. My apologies. I am intending to help. What I mean to say is that I do not feel that there is any fault in you. I didn't say it was my fault. Please let me finish. I think your husband's actions are motivated by his deep feeling of service to his country. He may feel that by making himself available to fight, even if he's not able, that he's doing what he can to protect you. A man who really loves his wife can do things that seem very out of character if he thinks it will take care of the woman he loves. You may be right. Go to the Valentine's dinner with your friend. From what I understand on your tapes, you're not perfectly fond of each other. 
But I feel this is a point in which you can both have a lot of ability to relate. I'm not talking about this with Edith. Please, Mrs. Rutherford, you asked for my assistance. Please attempt what I advise you. Fine. I'm actually really nervous for tonight. How childish is that? I just want it all to go well. Picked my best suit. Even finally found my blue tie. I've been looking for the damn thing since we got here. But yes, I'm dressing nice. I'm going to put on some good cologne and, well, hopefully this will all work. I'm honestly really over her little tantrums. I mean, I'm sure the whole environment of the ship is tough to get used to. But her attitude has just gotten out of line more than once. I tried to be extra sweet, care for it, but I'm really at a breaking point. This is my last ditch effort to really go all out with the romance and get my wife back to herself. I worry about her being so out of her mind. She's so unlike herself now and I just need, I don't know what I need. I'm going to shave real quick and maybe I'll figure out what it is I need. made me stress so much and worried me sick. I'm sure once she sees me all decked out for her tonight, she'll fall in love all over again, and I'll have my girl back. Okay, I think I look presentable. I'm gonna head upstairs. What do you mean, not enough? I sent up 30 pounds of fish. Mm-hmm, and more than 30 pounds worth of people ordered the damn fish. Well, they'll have to be disappointed. I can't over-harvest the tank, so we're gonna run out of fish. And quick! 
you want to jump out in that ocean and catch me some more fish, you be my guest. But the farm level is my responsibility, and that means knowing when to tell you no. Oh, okay, so you want to take it up with the captain that you said no to satisfying the guest? Look, I get that you're practically married to those animals down there, but I have orders that I'm required to fill. So, if you won't bring me the fish, I can always have the right people come in and take the fish. I said no. Oh. I'm not over-harvesting the fish for you. Make smaller portions. Tell them it's French style or some shit. But you're not getting any more fish, do you hear me? Uh, <clears throat> yes, sir. I'm excited. I'm actually excited. It's, it's a strange feeling. I mean, I've been happy on and off, but this time, a, a lot about tonight just makes, well, it makes everything seem like it's going to be better. I mean, Colin's going to go talk to the captain. I'm having dinner with Saoirse. The families are getting back to normal after last week. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous for Colin. He can ramble and not get to the point sometimes. But I think if there's any one of us that can plead our case, it's him. He's a good kid with a good heart. If anything, I know the captain will see that. I mean, captain ain't exactly rich either. I mean, he's a damn sight above us, but if he were as fancy as the other passengers, well, then he wouldn't be the captain. Worker's a worker and all that, right? So I hope Colin can relate to him like that. But I mean, we built the boat he's running. That's got to count for something, right? I'm just going to be hopeful. He's my best friend, so I've got to trust him that he can do this. He was a kid when I met him, so I guess sometimes I don't really give him the credit he deserves. <laughs> oh, now look at me. Hey, Dr. Weissman, you got me turning into you, analyzing myself and shit. <laughs> well, I should get ready for dinner, eh? Once I talk to Colin, I'll update with what happened. They have really outdone themselves with this event. <laughs> the whole top deck is covered in flour from what I hear is a gardening level. I will have to explore down there a bit, as I was unaware we even had one. <laughs> there are decorations everywhere, balloons, paper hearts, the whole deck looks like an explosion of pink and purple. Oh, it's really quite adorable. My patients are out here, or at least two of them so far. Mrs. Rutherford is sitting with her friend, as I requested. She doesn't seem too happy, but I do feel this will do her some good in the long run. Most of her tapes have been recorded inside her room, so getting out and about will be beneficial to her. Mrs. Bedivere is also out here with... Oh my, oh, those damned things, they should really warn everyone before they go opening bottles of champagne. Oh, uh, where was I? Oh, oh yes, uh, Mrs. Bedivere is here with her husband. She seems to be fine and enjoying herself. Uh, Mr. Moretti has requested I check up on her, which I will, of course, do. From this distance, though, things seem fine. Now, obviously, many things lurk under the surface, especially in marriages. But today is not the day for such talk. I'm going to enjoy this delicious grilled fish 
and relax for a bit. No more working. <laughs> Today does make me wonder how romantic this must be for those that find true love. Perhaps I can make love my next study. It would definitely bring some light to my studies. Would you like some champagne? Uh, no, no, thank you, Cindy. Not yet. Would you like to wait for Mrs. Washburn? Obviously. Yes, sir. I'll bring you some water. Cindy, why are you not doing anything for that table? Everyone else already has their appetizers. It's what he wants. He said he is waiting on his wife. Is she aware he's waiting on her? I don't know, sir. She had me deliver lunch directly to her boomer. Well, keep an eye on that table, okay? The instant she shows up, you better be right there. Yes, sir. I will, sir. What on earth is this? I don't know. It's French or something. Just shut your mouth and eat. Oh, come off it, Penny. I know you're pissy spending Valentine's Day with me, but you could at least pretend like you know what it's like to be nice. I'm sorry. This stupid day just makes me miss Marshall. Well, obviously, but you don't see me crying a river over today. That's because your man is dead. There's no chance of him coming back. I'm sorry, Edith. No, Penny. I'm sorry. I lied to you. What are you talking about? Freddie, he didn't die. Well, I mean, I don't know. He might be dead. I wouldn't know if he was Stop or not. Stop beating around the bush, Edith. What happened between you and Freddie? You ain't never been one for keeping secrets. I remember you running to my house when we were 14 because you had to tell me you accidentally stole a candy bar from the corner store. Well, I ain't 14, and this ain't a candy bar. Honestly, you always still treat me like a child. You still act like one. Shut up. Look, Freddie and I, things just weren't very good. We fought all the time. He stayed out at all hours. We had all these different values. I loved Freddie. I mean, I still do, but... I just couldn't do it anymore. I'd rather be alone the rest of my days than deal with being so unhappy. Oh, Edith. Some days I hate Marshall, but you remember why you love them and things get better. No, they never did get better. I didn't just start feeling happy, so... Freddie and I got a divorce. A what? When? About eight months ago. And you didn't tell me. Would you tell you? Okay, you have a point. But really, Edith, you didn't have to tell me he died. It's easier that way. People don't ask questions, and I've got no intentions of remarrying. So you run off to a boat I just so happened to be on? I don't like this wall either. I bought my ticket, then heard you say you bought yours. I figured at the very least, it was nice to know someone here. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, you're my best friend. <sighs> you're my best friend too, Edith. I'm sorry about Freddie. I'm sorry about Marshall. Ladies, here are your entrees. Is there anything else I can get for you? I want you to bring us the strongest drink you've got. We have champagne available tonight. <laughs> oh, son, 
She means the whiskey, the scotch, whatever you got back in the kitchen that can take down an elephant. <laughs> Hurry along, I am thirsty. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'll be right back. I don't need a drink, you know. Not for you, for me. <laughs> this fish is delicious. Mm, it is, but does it seem a bit on the nose? What do you mean? We're on a boat. Fish are everywhere. You think for fancy dinner they could at least muster up some steak. I did see some people with steaks, but I think George ordered for all our eggs. I heard his wife talking about how they came around to the rooms asking for orders, and George said, don't bother all these folk. We'll all have the fish. Mm, of course you would. Very well, then. I mean, you are right. It is delicious. <laughs> Enough about George. This evening is about us. Yes. Yes, it is, John. Captain Reynolds. Uh, Captain, I'd like to speak to you. Uh, one of the immigrant workers just can't let us all have a nice dinner. Okay, uh, Captain? Oh, darling, I'm sure whatever it is, it's important. Nothing is important enough to interrupt a romantic dinner. What are you doing? I'm going to get the police chief in this table to go in there and send that man back down below deck so we can all enjoy our dinner. Chief, one of the workers is bothering the captain. Now, normally I wouldn't mind, but you know, tonight is special. Yes, as you can see, I'm having dinner with my wife. I understand, and while I don't wish to interrupt you, I also don't wish to have everyone else's dinner interrupted by this man. It is currently in the captain's steering room, or whatever it is you call it. Very well. I'll go tell him to go back down. But you owe me, Mr. Bedivere. Of course, sir. There, that wasn't so bad, was it? Just seems like a whole lot of fuss over nothing. Open up, please. Don't make me come in. See? Now there's going to be a big scene. It's fine. Just enjoy your dinner. What is going on here? I swear! I swear I didn't get it! I found him okay, like this! maybe you're right. Let's... Let's go over to George's table and pay them a visit until this... Come out of here with your hands up! I swear, I had nothing to do with this! Then why do you have blood on you? Where's the captain? There! What the... What is this? What did you do to him? All right, hands behind your back. I'm taking you in. No, I didn't do anything. And I know what people like to do to people like me. You rich people don't give a fuck about us. Don't make this difficult, son. I'm not going to hurt you, but you need to come with me and answer some questions. I'm not going to let you take me in. You're coming with me, and that's final. Let me go. I didn't do anything. Then explain what happened to the captain. I don't know. Why do you have blood on you? I found him like that. I tried to help. I swear. Here. Don't make me shoot! What the fuck is going on in here? Colin! Aiden! Help me! Colin! The Blood Crow Stories is produced by Ellie Collins and Scott Moore. Season 1, The SS Utopia, is written by Ellie Collins. Sound production by Scott Moore. Dr. Wiseman is played by David Benedict. Max is played by Evan Ivey. Tommy Washburn is Judson Ragsdale. Mary Washburn is Laura Hauser. Aidan Manis is Joe Ravenson. Fiona Bedivere is Amanda Van Heil. Nora is Emily Thomas. Penny Rutherford is Angel Ash. Leo Moretti is Charlie Close. 
Additional voices provided by Zachary Vaudo, Audrey Statler, Lindsay Van Pelt, Leif Ballard, Arun Matthew, Daniel Van Heil, Eric Ravenscraft, and Gray Lynn. Subscribe on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice and follow us on Twitter at TBCS Podcast, Instagram at The Blood Crow Stories, and Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Blood Crow Stories. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash The Blood Crow Stories to become a patron. We would like to thank our newest Patreon sponsor, Aaron of Alexandria Archives. <laughs>